Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezat Hashem, we'll be learning Daf Kuf in Maseches Yevamas, which means we got about three weeks left. AJ Ezra in the house. Woo! Okay. He thought it was a different time. Okay, it doesn't matter. Eight lines up from the bottom of Tzadik Tes on Beis. Tanarabanan. Tanarabanan. Okay. Can you get Truma? Well, this is a fun one because we normally talk about whether one can eat truma. I think you've had just about enough of that, Andrew. This is a funny, this is a better one. Can you be cholik truma bebeis agronos? What's that about? You, well, now that we've had the, in, in Israel, Israel they used to have the chalukah. Here, they now have, you know, the food distribution. So imagine the truma distribution, right? Now, at the beis agronos, that, that's where it's distributed. Now, I don't know who picks up, I don't know who picks up the food at your house, Andrew, but somebody has to go get the groceries, right? So the question is, can you send anybody to go pick up the truma? Do we trust any old person to be the shliach, the guy who's picking up the truma groceries? That's what this means, as follows. That means when they come to get the truma for their family, we're not gonna give them. We're gonna have to say, because remember yesterday, Barry, good morning. How are you? Great to see you. We're having a great day, Andrew. So, can anybody come and be the person to pick up the truma? That's what it means, cholkin lebebeis as you will see. The elohim, these are 10 people you're not going to give. Remember yesterday, towards the end, we were saying that there was a machlokas, and we'll see it again now. There was actually a machlokas about whether an eved who comes to pick up the truma, that's what we finished off yesterday, whether you'll give him the truma on behalf of his rav. He could say, me manafshach. I'm the Eved of Yankel Cohen. Yankel Cohen can eat Truma, and I can eat Truma. So I'm either picking it up for him or I'm picking it up for myself. Either way, we're allowed to eat Truma. So can you please just give me the Truma so I can pick up the groceries for my master? Okay? However, not everybody is going to be trusted with this shlichus of getting the Truma for their homes. As follows. Ve'elohein, cherish, shote, vekatan. So those are the first three. It's going to be ten here. The first three, why? Because they're out of it, Barry. You're going to give them the truma, they're going to end up wandering the streets, who knows what's going to happen. By the time it gets home, right, they are, it's going to, it's going to be tame, or they're going to disappear. So you don't give them the truma, somebody else has to come. Tumtum androgynous. fascinating. A tumtum and androgynous, you do not give them. Um, and the Gemara will explain why. Rashi already tells you. Kulam Afarish Taima. The Gemara will explain all of these, don't worry. Ha'eved, okay, so this was controversial, as we said, but the Eved doesn't get uh, the Truma. Isha, this is not uh, very PC, but the woman, the wife of a coin, can't come and pick up the groceries, the Truma groceries, we will see. Ha'arel, okay, Ve'ha'tame, right, so a person who's uncircumcised or tame can't pick up the truma. Tame so far makes a lot of sense, right? Because he's going to make the truma tame. Okay. But notice It's interesting. Now, the coin himself, who marries, right, let's say a grusha, can't pick up the truma. Okay, we're not going to give it to him. The chulan and all of these people, mishagrin lahem levasehem. Mishagrin lahem levasehem means that we could send truma to their homes. In other words, just because you have let's say, you know, uh, a, a somebody tummy in your house doesn't mean that we're not going to give you the truma. You could still take it home. Um, and so we could send truma 
to those people. We just don't give them the truma to handle it and bring it home. Okay. The only exception, if one is Tame or he's married to a woman who's not, right, he wasn't supposed to marry, right, the Gemara will explain why we do not even give it to Ishaliach to, to bring it to that home. We will see. Okay, let's, let's look, let's dig in. Says the Gemara. Right, second line from the bottom, Tzadik Testament Beis, La Bnei Right, I can understand why you're not going to give, right, that portion of the Truma at the Beis HaGoran because they're not Bnei Dea, the Chayrashot katan, And therefore, they're going to be out of it and they're incompetent for the Shlichus and who knows what's going to happen. So that's why we wait for somebody more competent to go give it, to, to, to give them the Truma. Tumtum Vandroganus Nami. What about a tumtum and androgynous, as we've already discussed multiple times? Either their genitals are concealed or it's multiples, so what's wrong with that? Says the Gemara as we turn to Kufam Adalaf, Bria Bifne Atzman in who? Bria Bifne Atzman says Rashi, Behavia Zilusa the Kachim. Yeah, they're, uh, you know, it's weird. They, they, it's not a, it's not Kavadik. Right, if the people are coming to pick it up, it's not coveted to the truma. So we see already here as an element of gravitas, and um, I don't know if I want to use the word kedusha, but there's an element of of um, sort of uh, dignity that has to uh, accompany this truma at all times. So you know, if like uh, if if somebody who's gender fluid or whatever is coming up and getting the truma, it's not consistent with the dignity of the truma, and therefore we don't hand it to them for that reason. That's what Rashi means. Zilusa the Kachim, right? I guess Kedusha is a good word because Kachim and Kedusha are interrelated. Okay, so there's a dignity in the Kedusha to the Truma, we, and we, therefore we are not going to, um, we are therefore we're not going to hand it to the Tumtum and Androgynous. Okay. So Evid Nami, we can understand why we wouldn't give it to an Evid. Why? Because Dilma Asila Sukim Truma This is what we discussed yesterday, right? We discussed yesterday that that became a problem, that in some communities we were, what was the Machlokas? That in Rabbi Yehuda's community, that was, that was a, an issue because if you gave somebody truma, that meant that you held that they were a coin. Right? That was the machlokas as opposed to Rabbi Yossi. But in the case, let's say, in the community of Rabbi Yehuda, where you're or even in the community of Yossi, where we said that Rabbi Lazar ben Sadok made a mistake or was almost made a mistake because of the fact that um, it can be confusing when an avid picks up truma, you might down the road have that could have a ripple effect where you end up um, attributing that uh, attributing from that incident um, some 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 um, lineage to that avid and assuming that he is a kohen when in fact he's just an avid. So therefore, we prefer to keep the avodim out of this truma process in order to not confuse their lineage. Okay, RL vitame. So that makes. Eminent sense. Once we've already said that we're not going to have tumtum and drogonus, the oral and the tummy says the gemara mishum to meisi, right? They're repulsive, uh, and therefore it is inappropriate. Again, there has to be a level of of uh, of of lack of zilusa lekachim and a level of respect and dignity for these truma distribution, and therefore you don't send out somebody as an oral or a tummy. No, so yishasheno geneslo. Now, what about the coin that married, let's say grusha? Why are we not going to give him the truma mishum kanasa? That's an actual knas. We know about this. It's one of the knasim that he's going to get, and he's going to be barred from getting truma until he divorces this wife. 
when he divorces this illegal wife, he's, uh, he's going to be able to get it back. Because again, this is not inherent to him. He's a Kohen. He's not Tameh. He's able to pick it up. He's allowed to eat truma technically, but not so long as he's married to this wife. Okay. Ela Isha, my time alone. But of all of these, that's the most perplexing one, Barry. Why would your wife not be allowed to go pick up your truma for you if you're a Kohen? Okay. So, there's a machlokas as to what the reason is that a woman can't pick it up. What's going on here? As follows, the the uh, so so as follows. Mishum grusha means the following: that it could be that a woman's going to come pick it up, and then subsequently uh, she got right divorced. So let's say you have a Basi Israel marries a Kohen, and then they get divorced. Once they get divorced, she's no longer entitled to the truma. But maybe she's going to not inform those people who are handing out the truma of their divorce. And then you're going to end up a Basi Israel that she's divorced, and she's now no longer right married to the Kohen, and therefore can no longer eat truma. And therefore you're going to end up with a Basi Israel continuing to go to the collection of truma and pick up the truma. So because we never really know 100%, what is, like, what do we, it, it's with an Isha, if she's, an, if she's a Kohen, she can have it, but you never know 100% what is her marital status. That's just an extra level of administrative headache, Andrew. You're going to have to check their marital status every time they come pick up the, the truma. So therefore we just say, you know what, let's just have the Kohen, because that at least we know is stable and stays, whether he's a Kohen or Israel, and we know this coin's yichus, and therefore um, just have the males pick up the truma. Okay, that's one possibility. And another possibility is mishum yichud. What's going on here? Well, uh, depends. And as we'll see in the Gemara, if it's a low traffic area, then we're trying to limit situations where you have just one guy distributing the truma, and then a woman comes in and they end up being alone together, so therefore it's better that since the person who's distributing the truma is always going to be a male, better not have single females coming or married females coming and picking up the truma that way. Okay. My benayu. So the difference is going to be between these two opinions as follows. Yeah. If you're in a place, the mikra of lemasa means it's close to the city, uh, uh, sort of like a cottage little industry um, a local supermarket where everybody knows each other's business. However, there aren't too many people walking around. There's not a lot of traffic. So you have like a local little kfar, the village, the shtat has a little bit, of, uh, has a little um, uh, granary. And so everybody knows that Mrs. Cohen is no longer married to Mr. Cohen. And so that's not an issue. We're not worried about not knowing what the yichus is. However, the yichud issue is very possible because it's not too many people. Maybe one person every other day shows up. So that would generate a problem of yichud and therefore that would be according to the opinion where the yichud is concerned. Or inami. Alternatively, you can have this big metropolis where nobody knows anybody and it's very impersonal, Andrew. And no, and nobody, nobody even knows who this woman is. So there, she could be divorced, she could be married, nobody knows. Uh, the yichud is not an issue because it's always at least you know, 60 people online at the distribution, but the yichus is an issue. 
Okay. Where, meaning whether she's still married is the issue. Okay. Fine. So now at the end of the Bryce, we said, So now we explained, we went through all these 10 people. Now, why is it that, what does it mean? So amazingly, everyone else, if you have one of these, right, if you have, let's say, a cotton, certainly, right? Or even a cherish, a shota, or any of those, an evid. If you have these people in your household, you could still pick up the truma and then bring it home, but not if there's somebody tame or somebody who married um, illegally, so to speak, against halacha in the house. What does that mean? Says the Gemara. What's going on with the RL? So, first of all, the fact that the exception is that a tame and no seisha, it sounds like out of the list of 10, if you have an RL in your house, you could still pick up the truma. That doesn't disqualify you from tr- picking up the truma. My timer. What would be the reason why an RL would be different than a tame? So, say, let's say, so then Gemara says, Mishum de Anis, because an RL didn't have a choice. What do you mean the RL didn't have a choice? You can go get a brismila now. No. Rashi's explaining it's that hemophiliac uh, situation, where his brothers all died at the brismila. So, for medical reasons, he was not allowed. You'll see the Rashi, Nafish Unfe, the third skinny line. Nafish Unse, it's really going on the next line in the Gemara. But the bottom line is that the honors of this RL here is a medical reason why he couldn't get the brismila. Oh, so that's an honest. Tame not, and that explains it because the Gemara then asks, Tame nami ha honest. You know, a person can't always control whether they can become Tame. So the Gemara, hi Nafish Unse. That's where the Rashi was going on, explaining that no, when you have a medical reason, that's really 100% out of your control. However, hi lo Nafish Unse. But with respect to the Tame, it's not really, nafish unse means how great is your anus. So to, to have a medical condition, that's completely out of your hands. 100% nafish unse. That's 100% very, very anus. However, to become Tame, okay, you can't always 100% control it, but guess what? You could have been more careful. That's what Rashi is explaining. And therefore, if you could have been more careful, so therefore we are still going to hold you accountable. And therefore, since you're not completely subject to, right, the vicissitudes of life, and you could have been more careful, we're going to knas you and say that you cannot have truma in your house. Wow. And that would be true, of course, of the Nosa Isha Shano Genes. These are knas. Okay. Taner Abana. So now related to this, the following. So as we said, on the list of people that can't get the truma, they, is the evident Isha. However, says the Gemara, Makam Shecholkin, but in a place where we do distribute to women specifically, what are we doing here? Well, when we, there were places, and you saw that this was true of Evid as well, right? We already saw that in Rabbi Yosef's community, they, they would give out. So this isn't like, a, obviously, this isn't really, uh, I don't know, it's like good practice in, in essence, right? I don't know. The Brisa wasn't universally accepted everywhere, right? So we see that Avadim sometimes did get the truma, and women sometimes did. So in the places where women did get the truma, unlike our Brisa, the women would get the truma first. And then, poetry and some we say, okay, take your truma and get out of here. We would give them the truma and get all the women out of there very quickly. My Kamar, what is, what is the Brisa saying? Why does he want, right? Um, so the question is, um, first of all, that the Gemara asks is, this certainly does seem to contradict our Brisa, right? Because our Brisa says the women don't get it. And here we say, when, wherever they do get it, 
they have to get it first. So do they get it or do they not get it? So the Gemara says, let's resolve it as follows. Aha. So watch this. You know, Meiser Ani gets distributed and Truma also gets distributed. So what do you think, Andrew? They're going to set up different kiosks for every different thing that's, that's distributed? Not necessarily. Right? So if you're distributing... Uh, Meiser Ani to the poor, and it happens to be there's Kohanim there also. So you're just basically going to have the same kiosk for everything. You just have to know what you're giving out. So on a year, right, that you're giving out Meiser Ani, right, which is on the third and sixth year of the Shemitah cycle, so women are allowed to, they are allowed to pick up Meiser Ani. When it comes to the poor, we don't, we don't uh, d- distinguish. So women are okay for picking that up. That is not problematic for the for you know the same way that it is with truma right because you don't need to have the same kind of yichus verification that you're a coin to pick up a nani right you just need to be an ani a verified ani however that ha- verification happens so once you have once you come in as an ani so that could be a woman as well okay so the woman's already online so once she's online and she happens to be a, a, a kohenis and we know that she's from the coin family so then we're not going to say oh Here's your Meiser Ani, and then go bring your husband to pick up the Truma. We're going to give it to her. We say, here, take the Truma and just get out of here. Get out of here right away. So that's the resolution. In the case where we're saying that the, we give it to the women initially, that's where they're also picking up the Meiser Ani as well in those third and six years. Okay. So therefore, in those scenarios, says the Gemara, and what would be the reason? My time machine Zelusa. Yeah, because we don't want women to be heckled by the men in the crowd. So we want to be able to get them out of there. Zilusa, right? They're going to be, uh, right? They're not necessarily going to be treated respectfully. And therefore, we want them to be able to take the stuff and go and avoid being harassed. Okay, so Amarava, Mireisha ki havu asu gavra kamai. So, you know, on a related matter, when it comes to um, trying to protect women from being harassed by men, we used to have this in the Bezdin back in the day. We used to, have, well, let's say there was a, a litigation where there was a woman and, and a man involved. That can happen, right? So if a man and a woman came to me in a Bezdin, have a Sharina Tigra de Gavra Beresha, right? I would always resolve the dispute of the man first and then the dispute of the, of the women, right? Because in Bezdin you have men and you have women, but I would deal with the men first, initially. Why? Because I mean, the Michayev Mitzvahs. Yeah, my thought process was, the men have more mitzvahs than the women, right? And therefore, let's get the men done first because time is mitzvahs, right? So therefore, get them out of there so they get, get out of the Bezdin and start doing all their mitzvahs for the day. And therefore, the men would have precedence. However, came into Shaman al once I heard this idea that in the case where we're giving out the Maeserani and the Truma, together we get the women out of there first because we don't want the women to be harassed by the men, I actually changed my policy. Sharena Tigrid Issa I started doing the women's dispute first. My time, why? For the same reason, because of this idea of Mishum Zilusa. Because I didn't want the women to stick around to be harassed by the men. I thought that would actually make more sense. So let the men who have the mitzvahs, let them stick around, right? And, uh, and, and just have the women taken care of first so that they don't get harassed by the men who are there. So then we're in two dots, 12 lines up from the wide lines. I'm going to talk about the Avadim and Kohan. Remember this one? Higdilu Hatarovas. 
Yoni Baron wanted to come in for this one. I promised you we do deal at Tarovos. The children in the Mishnah, you might recall, everyone's growing up. It was a wild case. A, a, uh, you have your master and his wife and their Kohanim and it's a beautiful family and they have their slaves as was back in the day. The Evid and the Shifcha and the Shifcha and the wife had a baby at the same time. They're both pregnant at the same time and they delivered their babies and the babies got mixed at birth. Wow. So now you don't know which one is the Shifcha's kid and which one's the Kohen's kid. That was the case in the Mishnah. So as we said, when they grow up, they can be Meshachar each other. Remember we said that? Now, of course, an Evan being Meshachar Kohen is ridiculous. It doesn't do anything. But it doesn't harm either. But if they each Meshachar each other, so we know that certainly the, the master, so to speak, that has now come of age, was Meshachar the Evan. And once they're Meshachar each other, so now, they, they, now they're Ben Choren. Now, when they become a Ben Choren, the one who is freed is not a Kohen. Right? You become a Jew, but you're in Israel. Okay? That's what happens. There's no such thing as, uh, that, that, you know that there's no such thing as a ger that's a coin, right? That wouldn't make any sense. So, the, the ger, the evid that was Meshachar, Meshachar becomes in Israel. And so, therefore, now you have to be careful about being a Suffolk coin. So, says the Gemara, Shichru iboy in, iloboy lo. Says the Gemara, the language of the Mishnah makes it sound like it's um, uh, not mandatory, like it's optional to be Meshachar. V'amai, why should it be optional? Lisa Shifcha inu yochel, yochel. Yeah, if you still stay in the state of Suffolk, ben Choren, Suffolk Eved, you can't marry anybody. You can't get married. That would be the mevatel of marriage, mevatel of peruvu, however you want to define it. And therefore, you, it should be not optional, but compulsory, Andrew. Says the Gemara, you're right. Good point. Yeah, we force them to do it. Of course we do. Okay, good. Two dots, eight lines up. As follows. From the wide. So then we said, we imposed the Chumras of Kohen and Israel. How so? What law was this final part of the mission referring to? As follows. Ah, the Mincha offering. What's going on with the Mincha? Well, the mincha, you know, both a Yisrael and a coin can bring a korban mincha, but their korbanos look very, very different. Um, when you have a korban mincha of a regular Yisrael, so the coin does kmitza, where he takes with his, you know, the procedure, takes with his uh, uh, pinky and his thumb sticking out a fistful, okay, of the flour, and he takes that, puts it away, and that gets burned, and then, and then you could eat the rest of it. As opposed to a coin's mincha, it all, it all goes up in flames. And you don't have to, uh, I'm sorry, <clears throat> and, and then and you burn the rest of it. Um, in the case of the Kohen's Mincha, you do eat the rest of it, right? I'm sorry. Again, in the case of Yisrael's Mincha, you do Kamitza, and then the rest of it, the Kohanim eat. The Kohen's Mincha, you just, you don't do Kamitza, and you burn the whole thing. That's what's going on. So now you have to have the chumras of both as follows. Watch this. So in other words, you're going to burn the whole thing, guys. Because you have to. Because it might be the mincha of a coin. You can't eat it. Okay? But still, despite the fact that you're going to burn it, you still do the kamitza. And then, Right? So you both do the kamitza as if, right, you're going to eat it, but then you don't eat it and you burn it. 
right? So ha ketzad. So wait a minute. What what do you mean? You do kmitzah and then put it back down in the same place and then burn it? Hakomets karev beatzmo. Well, no. You take the kmitzah and then you put it on the that part of the flower that you took out with by, with the kmitzah and you burn that separately. Vashiraim craven beatzmo. You and whatever's left, you burn. Right. That's usually what happens is. The shiraim are eaten by the kohanim if this is the korban mincha of Israel. But here, the kohanim can't eat the shiraim because we don't, we don't know whether this is the mincha of a kohen or an Israel. Right? If it's a mincha of a kohen, they can't eat the shiraim. So nobody gets to eat this, but we still have to do a kmitzah. That's the chumar in both directions. So doing kmitzah and then burning it. It's reminiscent of the Navardic mahalach, right? Is it Navardic the yeshiva? You're in bed, Andrew. You're lying in bed. You've heard this, Barry. And you're thirsty. It was, it's a musr movement, right? A person's supposed to overcome their physical urges. So you have a physical urge of thirst, as you're exhibiting right now, Andrew. However, you can't give in to that, right? But to not go get the water would be to be lazy, right, in the middle of the night. So the Navardic approach is you get out of bed, pour yourself a cup of water, and pour it down the sink and go back to bed. This way you have not given in to your urges. Anyway, it's reminiscent of that because you do the kamitza, but then you burn it anyway. Okay. Says the Gemar, Ikri Khan, Kol Ishim. Well, the problem is, is this really mutter to burn everything up? Because we've already learned that anything which you partially have to put on the Mizbeach, Harehu Baval Taktiru. Anything, you're not allowed to burn, in other words, you're not allowed to burn anything where part of it is, only part of it is put on the, on the Mizbech. Where's, what's the context of this? This is the context of a chatas. In the context of a chatas, we learned that you're not allowed to take, uh, that when uh, you are supposed to, what? You're supposed to take a, a piece of it and eat it, you're not allowed to take that piece and burn it. Okay, that's the issue. Well, that's what we're doing here. In other words, we are doing it out of a state of suffolk, but it's a separate isser to take that which is supposed to be eaten. So let's say, if this was, let's say, the Mincha Yisrael, right? Let's give it the, the, the simple case. If this was the Mincha Yisrael, so the coin would do the Kamitza, and that portion that came up in his palms would be burned. But then the rest of it would be eaten. Well, guess what? You would not be allowed to, in a, in a regular case, burn that. You'd only be allowed to eat and consume the rest of that Mincha of the Yisrael. So what gives us the right albeit out of a state of suffolk, what gives us the right to burn the rest of this solace? Right, to burn the rest of this uh, flower? That's the question here. It's, uh, there's an iser of Baal Taktiru. Okay. So says the Gemara, Amar Yehuda Bereidur So we have a workaround over here. What do you do? You can use that flower for as firewood. That's what he does. Kerbeliezer. Because That was the famous case where we learned in the Mishnah Zvachim, right, where you had the chatas mixed with the ola. So it's a similar conundrum. An ola has to be entirely burnt. A chatas has to be eaten, but they're mixed together. So you can't eat it because it might be an ola. You can't burn it because it might be a chatas and you're not supposed to burn uh, something which is supposed to be eaten. So what do you do? You take the chatas and you use it as firewood. Using it as firewood is okay, right? You're not burning it on its own mizbeach, so to speak, but you're using it uh, as firewood. So says the Gemara. Yeah, but that was a machlokis in Zvachim. Says the Gemara, 
How the Rabbana going to answer this question of how we get to burn the Mincha? So it says the Gemara, uh, well, we'll modify it. So for that, you use Rabbi Lezabir Shimon. The Tanya, this has to do with the Chatas Mincha of a coin. So what's the story here? Well, there was a question whether the Chatas Mincha requires Kamitza. Okay? So what happens here is the Tanya, Rabbi Lezabir Shimon, Omer HaKomitz, Karev la'atzmo, that when you have the kamitza and the chatas of a kohen, right, it's, it's put on the mizbech by itself. This is where Rashi explains that this is the case, this is the second white line. So what's going on here is, let's say a kohen was metame the hekdish. So now you have to bring a chatas. So basically, the patent of Rebbe Lazar Shimon is that you do the komate, that you do the komates, and you put that separately and you burn it, and then the shirayim there too. They said that they would spread that in the base of Deshen, um, and that was his patent. He had a, that uh, unique, right, that unique answer, okay? And again, he would scatter it uh, in, in the place where they deposit all the different parts of the Ola, and therefore it's, Kind of in a way similar to the previous idea that you reappropriate, right? The the uh, mincha, you reappropriate that which you're burning, and you and, and you're just scattered on the ash heap, and that is helpful. Why? Because says the Gemara, In other words, this idea of taking uh, the remaining, let's say chatas, uh, that we mentioned in zvachim. And using it as firewood, that was controversial. But the idea of this, as Rashi said, the Karin Matama Hekdesh, to spread that over the base Hadeshan, that was even agreed to by the Rabbana, and therefore everybody could agree to that specific right um, resolution. And then once you agree to that, so then you can have already a way of handling the Suffolk coin, Suffolk Israel, and you know how to handle the, their mincha. Because we have a precedent, and that's going to be right similar to the Karn Metame. We're going to say why? Because as as the Gemara says, right? That in other words, the Rabbanan are going to agree, right? They they may disagree, right? Even though the, the Rabbanan disagree, even with regards to Rabbi of Shimon, with the case of the Tame Kohen they're going to apply that logic and that procedure of putting it on the Truma Sadeshen, Al-Beis Sadeshen rather, they're going to apply that to this of the Mincha. Why? Because in the case of the Kohen Hametame Hekdesh, that is true Hekdesh, Devasa Kravi. That is, right, supposed to be uh, a Hakrava. It's supposed to be offered entirely on the Mizbeach. But if you apply that application of putting it on the base of Deshen and then superimpose that idea of Rabbi Lazar Rabbi Shimon onto our idea of the Mincha, then what you have here is Aval Hacha, Filu Rabbanon Modu. To that, even the Rabbanon would agree that after you burn Komets on the Mizbeach, so then you can take the remnants onto the heap of the ash because there it's not really meant to be entirely necessarily placed on the Mizbeach. So there they could be, right? Words, even though Rav Shimon would, would say that if you have a chatas, mincha of a coin, 
right? It shouldn't be scattered on the on the on the base uh, hadeshen, right? That's going to be because that is supposed to be offered up as a korban, just like any other mincha. But in this particular case, right, because of the fact that we have the suffix, so the rabbanon will let it go, and they're going to say that there you could scatter it on the base hadeshen, and thus we have resolved. What do we do? And it's like final little detail, loose, hanging loose thread. And what do we do in the case of the Suffolk coin? Suffolk, Israel. Good. Mishnah, bottom of Kufa Medalef. And at 608. So we, we're doing okay. Barry, I didn't tell you, but we're, we're shooting for 11 lines up from the bottom of Ahmed Bey's. Uh, because tomorrow we got the parak, a new parak, and it's going to be hopefully shorter. We're going to try to do a negative split over two days. Says the Mishnah. Ah, let's go back to the case where it's unclear who the father is because there was not enough of a lapse between the two men that are married to mom. Right? Mom, uh, what happened? She didn't wait three months. And therefore, Venises. She got married really quick. Right? Vyalda. And now she gave birth. And now we don't know. Right, this for us is, is uh, already familiar territory. We don't know if this is a full-term baby of the first husband that's no longer in the picture or if he is a premature baby of this new guy in the picture. And therefore, we don't know who the father is. So how do you handle this? So with regards to Yibum, since we're learning Yivamas, so there's a whole set of kids from the first dad, and then later on, a whole set of kids from the second dad, and there's only one of the kids, we don't know which one the dad was, okay? And that kid of the unknown, right, paternal lineage, if he died childless, so who does the yibum? We don't know, right? We don't know who the paternal brothers are because that's exactly what's at Suffolk here. That's exactly what we don't know, who the dad is. So once we don't know who the dad is, we don't know who the brothers are, and therefore both sides, both sets of brothers are going to have to do chalitza, right? In order, one, or, or one brother from each set is going to have to do chalitza in order to pata the yavama, the shuk. Okay. And similarly, if one of them died, so let's say he is a surviving brother, he would not be able to do yibum because he doesn't know if he's for sure their brother. Okay, he would never be able to do even we'd have to be do chalitza. So as we turn to Kufam and Beis, the Mishnah continues and says, Barry, don't look at the chart, I'll just psych you out. That's a Stewie Shabbos approach to Yavamas. What's going on here? It's a little bit of a variation that he has brothers from another mother both in the first one or the second. In other words, multiple brothers on the same side. Cholotzu miyabim, right? So then he could do chalitza or yibum. All this means is that when you have multiple brothers on the same side, so then, of course, you could do chalitza or yibum, right? In other words, because once the first one does chalitza, so then the second one knows, right, that he's, that, 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 Right, in other words, even though the first one was a suffix, once you do chalitza, so then you know that the second one could do the, uh, could do the chalitza or the yibum. Because the bottom line is, they're on the same side. So once they're on the same side, you know the lineage. The heim, but, but if he died childless, then echad cholatz ve'echad miyabim. Then one has to do chalitza with his widow, and then, the, and then once he does chalitza, then he could take her in yibum. Again, as we said before, 
In other words, if it's multiple brothers on the same side, so even there's a suffix, once you do chalitza, so either, that it's just, cre- it's just like we resolved the suffix before. Once it's on the same side, and again, if the two brothers are from two opposite sides, so then it's a zero-sum game, right? In other words, it's, both of them are going to have to only do chalitza because we just don't know which side he belongs to. But if it's two brothers on the same side, doing subsequent Yibam and Chalitza. So once one does Chalitza, so that either he did Chalitza to the Yavama, and then the second guy can marry her, or he did Chalitza and it was garnished because she really was supposed to be from the other side, and the second guy can marry her anyway. So if it's on the same side, you're going to employ the Mimonofshak we used before. The, uh, and we saw that, right, in the previous Mishnayas, where you had this five times over. We did four Chalitzas in one Yibam. You could do the chalitza first and then use the mimonofshach to say, well, either way, now this woman is good after the chalitza. Uh, this yibum is either going to be a real yibum or it's going to be a marriage, but it, either way, it's okay. But that's as long as it's on, it's on one side. Okay. Now, Mishnah continues. Let's, let's mix it up a little bit. Echad Yisrael v'echad Kohen. Oh. It's now one of the fathers, right? So again, same kid with the unknown paternal lineage. But one of the dudes was a Kohen. No, so Isha were Kohen. So then the son can marry, only, can only marry a woman who would be able to fit a coin because of the suffix that he might be a coin, right? So in other words, he can't marry a grusha, let's say, right? Because there's a possibility that his dad is a coin. And as we've already said, now we're going to run through all of the chumras that we mentioned in the previous Mishnah. So we got our copy-paste Barry here. So he's going to marry a woman only that can marry a coin. Mason. He can't go into the cemetery because he might be a coin. However, if he does become Tameh, he's not going to get Malkus because Malkus is only given to a Vadai coin. And Eina Ochel Betruma, he's not going to eat Betruma because he might be in Israel. But if he eats, then he's not going to have to pay the Knas because that's a Mosi Mechaber all of Araya. And even if though it's a Suffolk, we're not going to, once you have the money in hand, we're not going to take it away from you out of a Suffolk that maybe he is a coin. He's not going to give the truma the goren, which we already started with today, because we're not going to give him the truma because maybe he's not a coin. And as we already said, he could sell the truma because after all, we can't take away his truma because he, that would be mostly because he might be a coin. But then again, he can't eat the truma because he might be Israel. So let him sell the, the truma and keep the money. Right, as we said yesterday. And obviously he's not going to receive anything that was consecrated and said that's Hekdesh because he's not potentially not a coin. He can't take it. However, we don't give him Kachim because he potentially is not a coin. But once he takes something that's Kachim, we can't take it away because and we have a state of Suffolk here. He doesn't have to give the Kohanic right, um, Gifts of the Zorah Lachayim Bekeva because he might himself be a coin. And as we said, the Bechor is a true conundrum. If a coin finds a, right, has a Bechor animal, is a true conundrum, so it has to be left to graze until it gets a mum, and then he could eat it as chulin, because again, if he's a coin, he can eat it, but if he's Israel, he cannot, and therefore you have a real conundrum there. And as we said, so now he takes on, as we've described, we don't know whether his true dad biological dad is a Kohen or Israel, and therefore he has to take on the Chumras of both. However, Hayush name Kohanim, so now you have a suffix who your dad is, but you know that your mom only married Kohanim, but it's a fascinating thing, as we'll see. Who Onen Aleim? So first of all, he's going to be an Onen for either one of them. They ain't Onen of a love, and they will be 
onanim for him as well, right? In other words, okay. Um, so the issue there is that an onain can't eat, right, from the korbanos, the basar korbanos, right? Because on that day of aninus, he's going to be, right, he's, he's like, he's an onain, right? So you so can't have that simcha, that's one of the halachas. Well, once you have one of those halachas, so then even though you don't know which one your dad is, obviously you're going to be out of chumrah, you're going to act stringently, l'chumrah, and you're going to not eat basar karbanas on that day that one of your potential dads died, just in the event that that might be your dad, okay? And similarly, if he died, Khalila, so then they would be sitting shiva too, so to speak, and they're not going to eat. Um, they're going to be in aninus, and they're not going to eat also. Who ain't a ain't a right? So you can only be metame to one of the Zion Krovim. Well, we don't know if this is one of the Zion Krovim, because we don't know if it's your real dad, so just stay back and don't be metame and handling their, right, their body. Who ain't a Yorish Osan? He's not going to inherit them, right? They're going to inherit him. What does it mean they're going to inherit him? So it means that if he predeceases, if this son predeceases uh, the two dads, the two potential dads, so that they do what? Rashi explains. That estate of the dead son gets split in half because that's the halacha. It's a classic case. And we've already had this a little bit before, but we certainly will, as we, Bezrat Hashem, forge through Nashim and Ezekim, see it many times again, that sometimes you have a muhzak, right? Sometimes you have somebody has a reason to say that the money is mine, and then you have to start talking about, uh, you know, whose, whose money is it? But Shnai Mochzin Betalis, right? If it's, if it's the exact same amount of chazaka, let's say, and it's absolutely, right, equal, and we have no way of telling at all. It's 50-50, 100%, exactly 50-50, who the money belongs to. So in that case, yachloku. Okay. We'll get into that a lot more. But be that as may, this is a, a fascinating, right, uh, fascinating case, classic case of where there's exact 50-50 paternal doubt, and therefore the two dads split the estate of the dead son. Okay. Upater al makasu so here again, right? Right? You're supposed to get punished severely. However, we don't know if it's his real dad. So he could beat up his, one of the dads, and he's going to be potter because it has to be in order to punish him. Has to be vaday the hasra. Everything is a suffix leading up to it, and therefore he cannot be punished for that. And however, when it when it comes to Taking the Mishmar, so he could be in either rotation, so there's a perk. The Einacholik, but yeah, not so much. He's not going to receive the, the portion of the hides that are divided among the Mishmar. So yeah, he could go and do the work, but he's not going to get the perks. However, there is a scenario where he could get his portion. Why? If it happens to be that both of his mom's husbands were in the same Mishmar. So then there's a Mimanov Shach that goes into effect, right? Who, no matter who the dad is, he's going to get it. So therefore, not echad. In that scenario, he will in fact get a portion. Okay. So now let's see the Gemara. The Gemara says, "Dafka michlatz v'hadayibume." So getting back to the the idea of right where he's where where he survived by the two men, and they have the right the paternal brothers unrelated. We say, like we've said in all the other Mishnayos in this parak preceding, that obviously you lead with chalitza and then do the yibum. 
right? So when we said that you had the, the chalitza and the yibum on, on one side, it's like all the other cases we said. You start with the chalitza and then the yibum, obviously, because otherwise if you start with yibum, you could be uh, getting into a situation of poge yivam al-shuk, okay? But now we say like this, Amr Shmuel, Asar Kohanim Omdim, Ufir Shechan Mehen Uval. Uh-oh, what's going on here? So you have like a single girl in town, and it's kind of known that she became pregnant. Uh, we don't know who the father is, but it's one of that group of Kohanim standing there. Uh, okay, so it says the Gemara Havlad Shtuki. This child is called Shtuki. They call him Be Quiet. That's his name. Why is his name Be Quiet? Because whenever he calls out to somebody and calls him dad, his mom says, be quiet. Let's keep that on the down low. We don't want to talk about who your dad is. Okay, what does this mean? My shtuki, says the Gemara. So there has to be a halachic significance to the fact that he's called the shtuki. So maybe it means that we don't let him inherit his father because after all, it's not clear who his father is. So pshita, that's obvious, right? Obviously, we already said in our Mishnah that you don't inherit somebody if you don't know that it's for sure your father. So, in other words, we don't know who his father is. Of course, he's not going to get the inheritance. No. No, what happens is we don't include him in the halachas of kahuna. Well, that's weird. What does that mean? We don't know who his dad is, but it's definitely one of those Kohanim dudes. Therefore, why is he not treated like a Kohen? That's an amazing Kiddush. We call him a Shtuki because we don't consider him a Kohen. My time, what would that be reason? Amar Kra, because with regards to Kahuna, there's a specific Pasuk. The Pasuk says, Baha'i Salah ul Acharav. Oh, okay. Well, the very Pasuk that says that you inherit Kahuna, right? That's not a meritocracy. Kahuna is something that, come, that, that you inherit. Well, once you inherit the Kahuna, the Pasuk, when it says, Zaroa Acharav, it's implying not just that Kahuna is inherited, but it has to be a clear inheritance when you know who the dad is. When you don't know who the dad is, you've lost the coin, even though you you know that it's from a group of Kohanim, you need to know which one is the coin in order to become a coin. That might be a Chiddush to you, and that's the Chiddush of our Gemara. Says the Gemara, We need to know that it came from this specific coin. Papa says, What? Well, look at Avram Avinu. I'm going to be for you, right? A God and two years thereafter you. So what was Hashem trying to tell him? So the Gemara answers, basra. In other words, right? In other words, when he says to Avraham, what will be the Azara for Avraham? Because after all, Avraham is the father, right? So then what does it mean? When we say in the context of Kohana, it means it has to be clear who the father is. What are you trying to say about Avraham Avinu? That we don't know who the father of his children is? That can't be. So the Gemara says, no, it just means don't marry a shiksa. Okay. So in that particular case, Yuzera is not going to go after it. One might ask, he married a shiksa. <laughs> uh, it says so in the Torah. So that could have been before he got this commandment. That's uh, the Oracle Neris suggestion. Anyways. Mesve. So, or, or you could say that she converted. Okay, we get it. Okay, so Mesve. So now we have a Bryce. Rishon Rai Leos Kohen Gadol. So let's say the first child, again, back from the Bryce. The Bryce says that when you have, let's say, Yava marrying a Yavama and she didn't wait three, three months. So he said the first child that she has, remember, we already learned this, can be a Kohen Gadol, which means that he's clearly going to be a Kohen despite 
right? The question of who his father is. Whoa. Well, let's say we know they're both Kohanim, right? Because obviously it's Yibum, so it's both the same dad. But we just said that if you don't know who the father is, that he's not considered a coin at all. Well, the Bryson says that he could be a coin gullah, which means he certainly is a coin. Says the Gemara, We need to know clear paternal lineage in order to be a coin. And it's lacking here, says the Gemara. Yeah, that's a Darabanan. That's not a real Daraisa. I we quoted a Pasuk. It says, no, cross Machtab Alma. That's just an Asmachta Bechikazar Banan. And when did the Rabbanan do the Gazer? Biznus. Yeah. In a case where you have 10 dudes in a group and a, and a single girl, and we don't know who the dad is, that is not the case of Yibum. In Znus, they made the Gazer. But Nisuin, Lo Gazer Banan. When it came to Nisuin, they didn't make the Gazer. If Znus me Gazer Banan, did they make the Gazer in Znus Vatanan? We have a Mishnah that says, Mishalosha Bala Shosh Chadashim, Nisis Vialda, and then marry someone else. My Achar Bala. So maybe tomorrow we'll pick up on this just to explain this one last case. So we're about 15 lines up from the bottom of Kufam and Bays. We had a lot of wide lines over here. We'll pick up over here just to explain that one last case so as to not uh, start davening late. But the bottom line is we're going to resolve, right, and we're going to explain that that case was not a case of Znus, as we will explain tomorrow, and then we will get on to the case of Mima Ennis from 11 lines up from the bottom of Kufam and Bez, and Bezat Hashem, finish the parak tomorrow if all goes well. Barry, have a great trip.